Hello there, my name is Justine and I am the host of the For the Love of Yourself podcast. I am a certified holistic health coach and I am passionate about helping you become the best version of yourself by becoming confident in your body through food freedom, intuitive eating, and manifestation. This podcast was made to help you change your mindset around traditional diets as well as traditional ways of living. I hope you find exactly what you needed to hear today in order to help change your life. Now, let's get on to today's episode. Hi friends, this is part two of interviewing Libby and today we're going to talk about different coping mechanisms ways to pull creativity to make you feel better in your day-to-day life as well as continue talking a little bit about therapy and getting in to emotions and doing things that scare you in order to grow so yeah let's get into today's episode wait so i actually want to start my own podcast so you're kind of inspiring me you know i've had a lot of ideas another thing for entrepreneurs i feel mm-hmm. my brainstorming list is larger than my to-do list every day because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I need a, I should create this. This is such a good idea. But one thing on it is creating a podcast. And I also just feel like I I really want to start something new that has to do with promoting a pause, like promoting like a great mindset and wanting to like strive to, you know, work on yourself and how that's just the first thing that you need to do before you can do anything else. But I also hope that empowers other women and men to also want to do that by talking about it. And I think that, I don't know, that's just something that I wanted to be able to do within a podcast or like, I don't know, a web, I don't know, a webinar. Is that a thing? And yeah. Yeah. When <clears throat> I saw your podcast, I was like, Oh, I, I want to be a guest. <laughs> like, get me in on this. Do you have, anything that you'd like to share on that note like or something that's helped you a lot because you said you had joked about going to therapy but now like it's basically your religion so (laughs) (laughs) you go every week um so like I guess what is something that someone is like too afraid because a lot of people are like oh you go to therapy like you know you get that look or like, like you do what? Yeah, like, I go to therapy. Yeah, I, I feel like it has like a bad stigma sometimes. But oh, I think I I told you this one time on your story about like a really really successful person once told me that everyone should go to therapy. Like it's the best thing for you, especially if you think there's like nothing wrong with you. Like you need to go. I seriously believe like when you said that, mm-hmm. I was thinking you are reading my mind. If you want to take over the world, run your own business, become successful, you are not going to be able to do that unless you go to therapy. And that's not saying you're not smart or brilliant. It's just, there's a lot of other stuff mentally and internally that can interrupt your success. And so figure it out first, go to therapy, like while you're being successful (laughs) and it'll just like, enhance everything that you're doing and when you te- when you messaged that I was like yes mm-hmm. you cannot I don't think that you people realize that if you want to be successful and if you want to you know get your biggest goal and your biggest dream how much it, going to therapy can get you there faster 
Yeah, and so us humans like to stay in our little box and be comfortable because it feels safe. And, like, we'll do anything to fuck ourselves up from, like, getting outside our comfort zone and succeeding and growing because it's just, like, natural, you know? And I feel like therapy and, like, coaching and mindset stuff is all a way to realize that that's going on and then work on it so that doesn't happen as often or so you can navigate when it does. Yeah, when I first started therapy, I didn't really know what to expect or what we were going to talk about or anything, but I was so committed to it mentally and, you know, I thought, as I said, it was my only option that during the week, I did this on my own, my therapist did not even tell me to do this, I would take my phone and any time I would have a negative thought, I would write it down in my notes. It could be, I don't know, this is, back then it was like, oh, you're so fat. You know, that was one that I wrote in my notes for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I would just, by writing in my notes, it makes you realize (laughs) how many times negative thoughts consistently are coming into your mind. And my goal was to basically rewire my brain into not thinking those negative thoughts and finding a way to think more positively about myself and everything in the world. But that was the first kind of step for me was being able to realize because, you know, you have so many thoughts a day. And I probably had a thousand, however, negative thoughts today, just naturally, but I don't remember them. And so being able to write them down as soon as they come to your head makes you be able to go back and think, wow, why was I thinking that that day? Or why do I like hate my hair so much? Or whatever it is or why do I think that my friends hate me and that was kind of my first step after my first few meetings to realize wow the goal is to be able to go a full week without writing a negative thought down in your notes Mm -hmm. wow that's powerful because I remember like for me I didn't even realize I had a negative voice that would talk to me like having that realization was huge. And I was like, holy shit, like that's why I feel so bad about myself. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it's a constant battle and you're constantly working on not having that negative voice. But, you know, you go, I'm 24 right now. I went, you know, however many years, 23 years with this kind of attitude and my brain working that way. So it takes time to change your thoughts and your mindset and where to go with it. And it doesn't just happen overnight, as I said, because you're literally rewiring 23 years of your life into creating different brain waves and brain thoughts that will make you feel better. And you're eliminated. You're trying to eliminate any negative thoughts that you have. Again, we're so similar. I started working on that probably like two years ago when I started doing all the inner work and literally just this last weekend I was with a friend of mine and she's a lot thinner than me and like working on the body stuff obviously like if you go to my page you know that's like what I'm about and I never have negative thoughts about my body but I had I think it's because I had a couple drinks so this like old thought pattern came back and I noticed it and it was like me thinking like wow, she's so much thinner than me. Like, I feel disgusting next to her. She must think I look so gross and all of these things. And then I was like, wait a second. 
I recognize you. You're an old friend that I don't want back. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like, those thoughts for me can still come come up. Like, I had no idea. I thought I got rid of that. But you're right. It takes so much work to, like, get rid of it because it was literally, like, your whole life. That's and, old Justine, and you need to just wave her goodbye. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, for what I do is, like, when that happens, I literally – so I, I like to talk to my ego, and I just tell her, like, it's okay. Like, I know you feel threatened right now, but, like, I'm here, and I'm going to take care of it. Like, everything's going to be fine. I love that. Yeah. Do you say it in your mouth or do you say it in your head? In my head. Yeah. And then so then she calms down. I do that when I'm like anxious or like nervous for something or anything like my ego is just kind of like trying to keep me safe, you know, and I'm like, girl, it's okay. Like, I'm going to take control. It's fine. (laughs) It's actually so funny that you said that because I had so much anxiety this weekend. And I sat myself in front of a mirror. And I believe in mirror talk. It's Mm -hmm. like a weird thing to learn. I sat myself in front of that mirror and I looked, this is out loud. I go, Libby, you have worked too hard to be anxious over this. Get your act together. You're going to put on a cute outfit, do your makeup, and you're going to go outside and you're going to have fun with your friends. And you're never going to think about this again until you're going to talk to your therapist like next week and we're going to figure out why this is happening. But I like sat, I put on my biggest pump up song Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I, I, as you said, I yelled at my <laughs> old Libby and I was like, yeah. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. You just have to tell them to go away. Please leave. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. It's crazy that that happens and mirror talk is real. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy how often we don't actually like look into our own souls, but we like look at other people all day long. Yeah, I'm really big, you know, on mirror talk with like affirmations. Mm -hmm. And even when I need to tell my other old Libby to go away, I really do look at Libby in the eyes in the mirror and I say it to her face so she can Mm -hmm. hear me. (laughs) But (laughs) it definitely works. I mean, after I did that, I was ready to go, felt great, had so much fun. But a lot of those I old Libby old Justine they come mm. from a place of fear yeah. they come from, you know that deep-seated it may not be a fear that you notice or that comes around a lot but it's like that little part of you and the fear loves to creep itself in oh yeah it's like as soon as it as soon as the door is open a little a creek it'll burst open and mm-hmm. just take over and every day, you know, especially as business owners, you're fighting the fear that you have constantly, whether it's of talking on a podcast for the first time, pitching to a client, mm-hmm. sending like a post on a big Facebook group of freelancing women. And you're just, you just constantly need to be like, goodbye, fear leave me alone. Not today. We have other things to do than deal with you. I do not have time for you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like 
Oh my gosh. I used to be such a people pleaser and so scared to do things and always wanted to like seem perfect in front of everyone and not hurt anyone's feelings. And I feel like I have the biggest fuck it mindset now. I'm like, I don't really fucking care. Like I started this podcast. I'm like, this podcast probably isn't going to make me any money. I don't really fucking care. I want to do it, you know? And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's how it should be. Mm -hmm. For sure. I also, you know, one thing I thought about a lot, which kind of has to do with this podcast is, and I've thought, I've talked about this with my therapist. I was like, what if we could turn every therapy session that we have into a podcast? How many people, if they could hear what we talk about and the process that we go through, because people have similar problems, you know, there isn't, we all like deal with similar things mentally and emotionally and physically. And so what if you could create a therapy session into a podcast that can help people that necessarily don't want to commit to therapy? Mm. And this would be a different way of them being able to possibly like open up about it or understand kind of how therapy works and talk through it because yeah yeah that's like another thing I was thinking about I was like I want to bring what I learn to other people Mm -hmm. yeah and I feel like also like how you and me are so similar today like we are as humans are all like mirrors of each other and I feel Mm -hmm. like whoever were to like stumble upon that podcast like when it exists um it would be like exactly what they needed to hear and they'd probably have a lot of self like realizations and reflections from it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I totally agree that you stumble upon things when you need them at the right time, mm-hmm. whether or not you like want to, but yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking would be interesting, but it's also like similar to this, just being able to be super open about what you're working on and learning and me to be able to talk to you and be like, Hey, last weekend sucked. I couldn't get out of my bed because I felt a brick on my chest. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, talk about it and like are really open about the fact that life happens and then you learn to move forward from it. What are some of your coping mechanisms that you like? Um, I journal a lot. Love journaling. <laughs> It is. People, I've come across so many people because I created a journal like with content in it. And I literally had people tell me like, yeah, I'm so proud of you, but like, I'm not going to buy one because I don't like journaling. And I'm like, first of all, it's kind of rude. You're going to be my friend and tell me you're not going to buy from me. (laughs) What's the point? But then second, I'm like, if you don't like journaling, that means you need it the most. Yeah, exactly. And your, what's good about your journal is it gives you prompts. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know what, what am I writing and what I did today. Yeah. But I don't know. But I'm also a weird hobby, I guess. I love poetry. So I, oh. I know it, it's not. That's cool. I don't, it's kind of weird. But I'm really good at rhyming. So I can't, really? you know, say any rap really fast right now from my top of my head. But I'm really good at doing those really cool rhymes like Dr. Seuss. And so mm. actually on Saturday, I was like, I'm just going to write like a rhyming poem of how I feel. And I hadn't done it in a while. And I was like, wow, 
I feel as if I just put everything that I'm feeling onto this piece of paper or That's I so even cool. do my notes like on my phone so I feel like um like people process like their emotions through art and that's kind of what you've learned to do I love it yeah I I don't know where it came from I've never been into writing poetry ever in my life and I think yeah you don't realize you don't realize what you're good at until you start trying different things this is kind of I guess a little tip for anyone that has anxiety or maybe is really not feeling good mentally or anything something that always helps is to be creative and you know that could be anything from painting drawing writing Mm -hmm. in your journal about how you feel writing poems and that could even mean also putting on your favorite song that makes you happy and singing to it so you have singing doing a musical instrument but being able to find one activity one activity that you can really utilize to create happiness within you during a tough time is really a good tool to turn around your emotions yeah yeah I love that because like a tool I use with my clients is like think of a time when you were like super happy and confident like and up for some of them it'll be like their wedding day or like when they went to like the park with their niece or whatever and I'm like you are literally the same exact person like nothing has changed you're just you're feeling different but that's a good tip because like you can pull from like an actual activity that you're doing like the emotions that you want to feel um because yeah like art and creativity is such like you can't feel like shit when you're doing it it's just like impossible yeah exactly and like I said before the goal is to find your negative thoughts and be able to rewire them into a way of thinking differently and positively and so if you have a tool that does create positivity during a time that you're feeling negative your brain will automatically resort to the positive thinking and I think I say this again we talk about this me and you but this is not easy but like I said you know this is easy for us to say and talk about because we've been practicing this for a while Mm. but just because you all of a sudden are sad and go and start painting that probably is not going to automatically make you feel better. The point of it is to practice it every day and make it something as part of your routine. Even, you know, people meditate every Mm -hmm. morning and to start their day. And that's a way of creating a clear mindset for them and a way of starting the day in how they want to, even waking up and working out, you know, there's a lot of things to do, but it's just kind of, and you obviously know, understand this, it's just so easy to say and so hard to do. Yeah. And it's not like, it doesn't happen mm-hmm. overnight. Just because you listen to this doesn't mean that your mindset or your mood is going to change. It's just a way, like I want being aware of things is the most important part to start. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like also like for you therapy, like for me, I love coaching, but having like the accountability aspect as well to like have someone to talk to when you don't feel like getting yourself out of a hole you know because that happens and it is a practice to like 
actively work on yourself. And I feel like accountability is a really great way to help you through those times. Yeah, she'll message me if I don't text her during the week to set up an appointment. She'll message me and be like, hey, what's going on? Why aren't you mm-hmm. messaging? Why haven't you texted me? Are we meeting this week? So she, you know, your therapist wants you to do well just as much as you want yourself to do better. And it's, you're exactly right, the accountability of it and putting yourself first before a lot of things. And that's just something that you have to decide on your own. Yeah. And I know for myself, ex people pleaser, I used to not put myself first at all. Yeah. Ugh. No, I totally feel that. I think that putting yourself first is just, it takes a lot of practice and is so important. And it's your first way to kind of move to realizing that you, a lot of the situations in the past, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like you'd be better at explaining it. Like the putting yourself first, why it's so important. Well, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're always giving, giving, giving and pulling from like your own energy and emotional stash, then like you're left with nothing to help others, but also you can't help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you can only like pull from yourself for so long before you run out. It's like how when you're on an airplane, you're not supposed to like put on the child's oxygen mask before your own because you could pass out. It's kind Mm -hmm. of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And I liked what you said about how you really can't be an asset or help anyone else until you've helped yourself. Uh And that's very important, you know, because everyone wants to help other people, but you can't be successful at it and meaningful unless you've already been able to do something for yourself and help yourself figure stuff out. Yeah. And also like, I like all the work that we've done, like I've learned through working on myself, how to be better at helping other people. Because like a lot of people, like, you know, your parents, like, I know for me, they would approach me in a way that wasn't super motivating to like, help me with whatever it was when I was younger. And people have like really good intentions, but they don't necessarily know the best methods to help somebody else and to motivate them to better themselves. And in the end, you can't really like, make someone a better person they have to want to do it on their own so how do you do that for someone you better yourself exactly and a lot of people do reach out about you know questions about therapy or ask me about it like my friends do and Mm -hmm. everyone you know I realized that I have everyone has this innate desire in themselves to become a better person and everyone wants to become the best person they can be But there's a big difference in wanting it and doing it. And everyone can say, I really want to go to therapy. I like, I want to become more than what I am or help. I want help with certain things. And yes, that's the first step. Wanting it is the first step, but I can't tell you any, I can't make you go to therapy. No one can do that. You know, no one can make you do anything that you don't act that you don't want to do. And I always tell people, yes, I love this attitude, but the next step is doing it because until you commit to it and do it on your own, Mm -hmm. you're going to come back to me in a month and tell me, I really want to go to therapy or I really want to get better. And 
there's a big difference between really wanting it. And I went through that. Like I said, you know, I had a couple months that I was saying I really need to do this, but I never actually did anything. And no one can force you to do anything. And I always say, you will know when like you should go because it will be the only option that you have. And you'll get to a point where it's either you go or you're never going to feel good or feel better. And that's just going to be how you hit the fan. And that's okay. And that's what happened to me. And the people Mm -hmm. who go way before that, that's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like um, I get the same thing with like questions about my business because my business has like now officially made money and people are like, whoa, seems business owner now. And they're like, how did you do it? Like, what do you do? Like, give me tips. And I'm like, well, have you ever had like been in a coaching program or had a coach or anything like that? Like actually thought about how are you going to start a business? And they're like, no, I just like, I don't know if I'm ready. Like that sounds great, but like, I don't know. And I'm like, literally my first time thinking about starting a business, I spent six grand on a coach, six fucking grand. And I I thought maybe I was going to spend a thousand dollars, but I did it. And if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have like been in this whole world and even like put like taking myself seriously and all these things but I was like you know what this is scary which means I probably should do it you know like I want to and it scares me and that means I should do it and I think that's what people get afraid of Justine that is exactly it you need to repeat that again the scared part (laughs) yeah so if you want to do something and it scares you that means you do it yes that is so true if you are not scared, you are not growing. You yeah. know, even though fear creeps in all the time, but the goal is to, you know, good, I'm scared. That means that I'm doing something more than what I did yesterday. Yeah. And if you aren't scared, then you're staying in one place. I, we're probably both terrified every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified every day. Something I've learned though is fear and excitement are vibrationally at the same level and energetically in your body, your body reads them the same. So if you ever feel scared to do something again, like do it, but also you can tell yourself, Oh, I'm just feeling really excited because it's an adrenaline rush either way. Um, so I do that. Cause like my first podcast interview, I thought I was going to vomit. I was so scared, but I literally was just like, I'm just so excited to make a new friend and have this new opportunity and relationship and grow my podcast and all this stuff that I told myself. And then I believed it to be true because it's literally like your body reads adrenaline the same. Yes. That's an amazing, that's amazing way to turn that around. Going on another amazing mental tip that I work with all the time. Kind of what you said is that you have your negative feelings and the goal is to find a way to counteract them. And so Like you said, fear and excitement go hand in hand. So if you're scared, counteract it with realizing that you're super excited about something. Like the goal is is to counteract the negativity that could hold you back or create, you know, problems moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I really worked on with my therapist and with the tips that she gave me to do that were super helpful. And this is like another therapy tip. Yes. We love um, that. <laughs> let's see if I... Okay, so so one um, thing that I had problems with, 
a year ago, I still probably do, was that I would have conversations and it would probably be a normal conversation. Like it would be totally fine. You know, I'm talking to a random person or meeting someone at a bar. I would leave the conversation and I would have anxiety that I said something wrong. Oh, I know what that feels like. You know, I don't want to call it necessarily social anxiety because I'm super like extroverted. I love meeting people. I enjoy meeting strangers and random interactions. It doesn't scare me. Mm-hmm. But I think especially, you know, sometimes in the morning, a hangover, or if you're drinking, or if you're really overwhelmed by a lot of people in a group, I started with just get anxiety and I would have to like replay every second of the conversation when I would get back home. Mm-hmm. And so I had a counteraction to that. My counteract was relax, you're really friendly. Your anxiety doesn't make any sense because you had a great conversation and, you know, your friendliness is just excitement and your anxiety is like worrying about if you were too much for someone. Mm -hmm. And then you have to like then think if I was too much for someone, which created the anxiety, they probably would have walked away after like four sentences. You would have known. Yeah, they would have known. And so I use like the counterforce of no you're overthinking it. People aren't, didn't, you didn't say anything wrong in the situation. Like you were, your friendliness, like over, overreacted from your anxiety and you're just overthinking things. I actually used to have the opposite problem that I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk like, and it's so weird because I, I told my boyfriend's like sister, I was like, yeah, you know, like I'm an introvert. I'm like quiet. And she was like, no, you're not. And I was like, am I not? (laughs) What? Because I used to be like, just, I love like, I love like quiet time and being silent and listening to people and things. So that's what I used to only do in social situations because I didn't want to seem awkward. Like I didn't want to interact and do something wrong. So I was like the opposite of you. And I was like, I don't say anything. No one can judge me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, but then I would go home and think like, gosh, that was so fucking awkward that I just didn't say anything the whole time. Like, that's so weird. Why was I even there? You know? Yeah. um, So then I I started like with this year, I was like, you know what? I'm not introverted anymore. I'm not shy. Like that's not who I am. And now I like actually can talk to people and feel normal about it. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great tip too, is just to you can change who you are. And just because you thought that you were really shy and introverted doesn't mean that's who you are meant to be or who you're supposed to be. And saying that out loud, I like how you're like, I am not that. Mm -hmm. I'm not shy. You know, I can talk to people in situations. Yeah. That's like a great way for you to like use that skill to reroute your brain Mm -hmm. and like how you see things. Yeah. And I feel like, sometimes it's a lot harder said than done, you know, um, or a lot easier said than done. But like, for me, it took me a long time to come to that conclusion. But I think I had to figure out like, why was I like that? And like, then I feel like that's where therapy comes in, like looking at your childhood and like what molded you into the person you are. And then you're like, Oh, maybe that's why I'm like this. (laughs) Yes, that's, you know, something that a lot of people I talk to a lot of people about also is just being super self-aware, you know, a lot of things that you feel or go through are super valid and they come from a place of maybe like a little Libby, 
-hmm. you know, when my little self went through a situation with my family and you don't realize how much you're affected by like your whole social environment that you don't even realize. Yeah, exactly. I, when I first started coaching, um, a year ago to start my business, I realized that I held my emotions in a lot and I used to never cry. Like I wouldn't allow myself to cry. I hated crying. I hated like talking about my feelings. It used to kind of be like an issue with my relationship with my boyfriend. Cause I just held it all in. And then it took so much time, but like through having someone to talk to with like the coaching sessions and her asking me the right questions and feeling like safe to be open with someone, I realized that when I was little and I've seen this with my dad, with my niece, he would say like, don't cry. Like if if I was crying in public because of like some reason when I was like three years old, I would literally hear like, don't cry when you're sad. It's not what he was really saying, but that's what I was hearing. And so I literally felt like it was bad to cry, but it took me through so much inner work and like talking to someone to realize that little Justine used to be afraid to cry because she'd get in trouble. And then I wouldn't do it as an adult. Like I'm not going to get in trouble now, but my subconscious is so molded to believe that, that it was keeping me from like feeling my emotions. Yeah. And I love crying. (laughs) I cry now. (laughs) Crying is such an important way to express your emotions. I can't imagine. Yeah. Especially little not being able to do that or making it seem like it's not, you know, a a good way to express how you feel. Yeah. Like I cry all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, I remember like, not being able to cry literally my throat like would feel very like clogged up it was like mm-hmm. a terrible feeling and I was like gosh I fucking hate feeling like this but I just wouldn't I wouldn't do it I just oh, didn't like God. it yeah I I feel like a lot of people honestly have been through something similar to that where a parent or someone older than them have told them that crying isn't a good thing mm-hmm. at a young age and then it causes you to think that when you're older and mm-hmm. you know this may have more to do with men also that crying is like a bad way to express emotions or you know it demasculates you yeah <laughs> <laughs> that you know I, I think that men who cry and are able to express their emotions like that it's so much more powerful you know mm-hmm. and A lot of people definitely have felt the same way that you have in kind of being feeling like you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like men are stripped of that emotion or like that activity (laughs) to express themselves. Yeah, totally. There's, you know, I remember my ex-boyfriend, he was a baby and I kind of loved it. I was like, oh, like that's so sweet. (laughs) I remember we watched like the notebook and I looked over and I'm like what the heck are you okay <laughs> he's like bawling but he I just thought that you know it definitely took a while for him to like feel comfortable doing that kind of stuff with me and expressing things like that mm-hmm. and I just think it's I don't know it's kind of cute <laughs> yeah it's sweet especially to know that like you're that person that they can 
like do that in front of. Yeah. And I just feel, especially with, I don't know, I don't want to say this just has to do with men, but because girls also, but when he would like cry a little or get like choked up, you just like feel that like love Mm -hmm. spreading out from them because they hold stuff in a lot that mm. being able to kind of witness it in a different way it was just like oh yes I understand mm-hmm. you I hear you and I don't know I cry about being happy being sad like <laughs> being scared it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I know some people like that that's I just cry when I'm sad I used to want to cry when I was mad but I think that's because I just wouldn't cry in general so like it just wanted to come out yeah I think that I honestly cried today probably (laughs) really (laughs) but it was yesterday I cried probably because I was stressed and anxious and I was like Mm -hmm. frustrated with myself I cried I feel like I cry frustrated tears a lot Mm. because sometimes you get so frustrated with yourself or not understanding yourself enough that you feel really um sad for but you can't fix like what you're trying to do but all right there that's all I got for you today and part three is coming next week the last part with Libby I loved having such a long conversation with Libby she's such a good friend of mine and in next episode we're going to continue talking about emotions and we're going to actually get on to grief and kind of what grief really means it'll be a short episode and that will be the last part of this three-part series I hope you guys enjoyed it so I'll see you in the next episode bye guys